Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Millions of Americans finance the home of their dreams with their health. They can help you to Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. Our toll-free line, 855-212-4CBS, is brought to you by GEICO. Great news, you can save a bunch of money like Carver High. He went to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, he saved 15% on his car insurance. It is just absolutely crazy. Ken Sterling is our buddy, kensterling.com in Indianapolis, talking about uh, the Colts. And they certainly, uh, you know, at the end of the day, if you ask me, have looked pretty good. Uh, I actually took them. Uh, with the win on the road in Smashville against the Titans. And it was a close one, but they got it done 19-17. I took them to win that game outright. And then I took them to beat the Falcons as well. The only game they lost was the game at L.A. to the Chargers. And I thought they played pretty well. And now, and Ken, it's good to have you back on the bench. How do you feel that they've played so far through three? I think they've been really good, and I think Jacoby Brissett has been what he's been advertised to be, and that's a guy who's not going to lose any games. The defense hasn't been great, but the offensive line's opened holes for Marlon Mack. They look like a good football team, not a great football team, not an elite-level football team, but a good one. So, um, you know, when luck went down, uh, everyone in the world said they were finished. How did the Colts players uh, react to the whole world giving up on them? You know, they kind of went on to what's next, and that's what Frank Reich always preaches. And every coach talks about this and being able to withstand kind of the slings and arrows of a season, whether it's injuries, unexpected stuff happens to guys who are on the team, and, and you just move on to the next day and you try to control what you can control. Every coach preaches it. But there's something, there's like steel in his words that's just a little bit different. And, and I think that Chris Ballard does a really good job of putting together players who are kind of built that way psychologically. And so this is a because every team in the NFL is going to have that. Not a, not a luck guy trying, you know, re- retiring for God's sake. But they're going to, you're going to have unexpected events happen throughout a season. These guys do. They kind of get up in the morning, they move on to what's next, and they get the job done, the offensive line. They got a guy like Quentin Nelson, and when you got a road grader like that at left guard, you got a chance. Did uh, Ken Sterling with us, did, did everyone think Vanateri was going to retire after he had the uh, couple misses and everybody, you know, thought when he said, I'll, I'm, I'll talk to you Monday, and did people actually think he was going to walk away, and then he turned around and went five for five? Yeah, they did think that he was going to retire. And, and I think that in that moment of, of emotion that he thought he was going to retire too. He, Stephen Holder knows Adam Vinatieri about as well as a media guy can know a player. And, and I think that Stephen, who's the guy that Adam said that to, kind of understood the gist of it. And nobody ever reported that he was going to retire, at least nobody in Indianapolis. Some national guys reported that he was going to do that. But here, people waited for the shot. They thought that he was going to do it. Evidently, there was a meeting between Vinatieri and Reich the following morning, and they had a good, long discussion. Neither would discuss what that was about and the specifics of that meeting. But at the end of that, it was communicated to us that he was going to be back. And so the next day, we talked to Adam, 
And Adams said, you know, it was just a misunderstanding and he needed some time to cool down. He wanted to be a part of the team and they moved forward. And that first kick, that was a, uh, you know what? It, it didn't go through clean. It doinked off the left upright, but it came through. And, and that's what counts. They got the three points. Is uh, Hilton, uh, the quad, what's the latest on that? And tell me about this Zach Pascal who has been coming up big for them. Yeah, how about Pascal? No targets in the first two weeks. And then they kind of run some games to, to throw him open. And they got that done. And Zach had a terrific day. Uh, one touchdown and then one pass where he was just wide open. Uh, as far as Hilton goes, Hilton's quad is going to be a problem. And they're going to see if he can go Friday, if he can practice. If he can practice, he'll play. But even if he doesn't practice, he's been the kind of guy that Frank Reich trusts to put out the field, uh, out on the field without any practice. He's a guy who last year had multiple ankle injuries simultaneously and still found a way to get back out on the field and didn't miss time. Uh, so I think it's about 50-50. If it was anybody else, he'd say probably 0%. But T.Y. Hilton's a tough guy, and it's really hard to compel him or have an injury compel him to not be in the lineup on Sunday, especially when this team's 2-1. and one. And he is a real difference maker on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Ken Sterling, our good friend in uh, Indianapolis, with us on the bench again. Uh, t- take me back to Brissett and, uh, you know, when he threw the 16 straight at the start of the game. Were you, like, you had to be sitting there looking at people uh, around you covering. <laughs> I mean, I would be looking around people going, "What? what is going on here? This is awesome. Like, this is unbelievable because he came out just on fire. What did you guys think, everyone, yourself and everyone around you? Well, it was, uh, you know what, we're not going to expect him to complete 16 in a row, but the Falcons, they sold out against the run. The Colts, they tell you, and they mean it, that they're going to run first and that they're going to run behind that offensive line, and they're going to allow that offensive line to open holes and wear down its defense. But they threw eight in the box and really left the Colts with no option but to throw the football. There weren't a lot of throws that were like, you know, none of them were six yards down the field. They were all pretty high percentage throws, but it was really nice to see that offensive line give him the kind of protection that he needed to be able to throw it to guys who were open and not have to dump it, not have to scramble, not have to shorten the field to one side or the other because he was forced to roll out. The offense worked the way the offense is supposed to. And, and when Frank Reich is calling the plays, and this is really a nice thing in Indianapolis because we came through a time when Chuck Pagano was the coach and he had different offensive coordinators where it seemed like the Colts were constantly being out-schemed. As soon as Reich got here last year, it seemed like this offense was out-scheming opponents. And I think it's, it was half percent being really, really good on a terrific day. And I think it was half Reich and offensive coordinator Nick Sirianni scheming it so the Colts, when when eight were in the box, that they could respond and get it to an open receiver. What did you think of uh, the way Autry's playing on the end, uh, just going crazy? He's got a, a two and a half sacks. He's you know had all kinds of uh, activity behind the line. He's he's tackling guys left and right for loss. He's really come up big for him. Yeah, they absolutely love him. Throughout camp, they were talking about how great he looked, and he's really looked good during the season. They've got a bunch of guys 
who they feel are kind of interchangeable parts in that front four. And so they'll give you different looks. And, and the looks with Autry have been really, really successful. And he's been a guy who signed as a free agent, has really kind of – the Colts, they want to build through the draft and they want to augment with free agency. And Autry has been a really good signing. That was a year ago. Uh, Justin Houston, they're really happy with so far, despite the fact that Houston hadn't really put up stats. And then there are a bunch of guys that they've drafted who are young guys like Kamoko Ture. That defensive front has been really dynamic. And as, as teams fall behind and then have to come from behind, they think they can get pressure on the quarterback, and that's going to bring them wins. So what's the deal with uh, Darius Leonard? Well, Darius, is, he's still in the concussion protocol. They kept us away from him today. As soon as we went into the locker room, he was at his locker, but they had a media relations guy saying, no, 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 no. I love Darius. Darius is a really good dude who spends a lot of time with the media. He talks to anybody who comes up. He, he's a great interview. You would love to talk to him. He, he's smart and he's funny and he kind of enjoys it. And so he's a guy who you go in and you try to see first when you've got a chance. But today they kept us away. He's still in the protocol. He's going to have to move through that. I don't believe he could, he was able to complete any of the steps last week that would have allowed him to get close to being able to play. And this week, I think it's going to kind of be touch and go. We'll see how it goes. All right, so tell me what you worry about uh, with this game this week with the Raiders because uh, I watch them, and uh, they, in my opinion, are getting worse by the week. Yeah, I'm not really worried about too much with the Raiders. They don't run the ball great. They don't throw the ball great. Derek Carr is an interception waiting to happen. On the defensive side of the ball, they're not great stopping the run, and they're not great stopping the pass. So, and here's an interesting statistic, though. I, I figured because this was their second of back-to-back trips kind of east. They lost to the Vikings over the weekend, so this is the second back to or their second of two road trips coming way east. I figured that that was going to mean uh, that the you know the Colts were kind of going to have an easy road. That's not the way it's worked for the Raiders in their last. In their last five games where that circumstance has happened, they've won four of those games. So I, I don't know whether that means anything. Obviously, this is kind of a different team, uh, a lot of different guys. Uh, but the Raiders, I, I think, you know what, this is a Colts team that's developing a confidence and a swagger behind Jacoby Brissett. I don't know if the Colts win this one easy. They're only, they're only a few points. I mean, they've won by three and they've won by two, and that's how they're two and one. So they're only – really seven points away from being 0-3 right now. But I think that they win this game. And, and I think I congratulate you for seeing that, uh, that money line win against Tennessee down in Nashville. That was a cagey bet. I picked that one myself. And I think it's going to be another game like that this week, although the Colts are obviously going to be favored. So uh, Ken Sterling with us in Indianapolis. I know you went to uh, the Indiana Media Day. And I have to, you know, that's my alma mater. I have to tell you, uh, you know, I've been hearing about all these great players they keep getting, that uh, Archie's getting all these top, you know, 100, uh, you know, five-star players, four-star players that are going to Indiana now. Mr. Basketball staying and going there. And I want to know, 
at some point, are they ever going to be good? Because I think they still suck. I mean, like, honestly, like, watching them play basketball has been torturous for me because I guess, uh, you know, I'm sorry, but uh, they've never been good since Bob Knight left. No, you remember when expectations were just a little bit higher for the Hoosiers. You know, and it seems like now if they got into the NCAA tournament, the, uh, they'd have a parade for them down in Bloomington. That's embarrassing. I think this is going to be a better team than it was last year. The chemistry is a little bit better. Uh, they, have, they have more depth on the front line. They've got guys healthy who weren't healthy. Race Thompson's healthy. Deron Davis is healthy. Rob Finnessy's healthy. This is going to be a better, deeper team. It's not quite as talented on the top end. They don't have a Romeo Langford. They don't have a Juwan Morgan. But they've got good depth. They're going to play like a team. And they're going to be tougher, I think, in the end than this team was uh, the previous year. Uh, I think this is going to be a better team. Not much better. I mean, they won, what, 18 games last year or whatever. I think that this is a team good enough to win 20, 21, 22, somewhere in that range. Kind of squeak into the NCAA tournament maybe as a 9 or a 10 seed and show that Archie Miller's making progress with a lot of Indiana kids. He's doing a really good job recruiting the state. And do you believe that, that he's actually doing a good job so far in Bloomington? You know, I, he's doing a good job of recruiting Indiana. Now, can he coach? You know, that's a, that's a legit question. I don't know whether that elite eight run that came at Dayton, whether that was, you know, just serendipity and, and good fortune or what, because we really haven't seen it yet. When they lost 12-13 to 13 last season, it didn't look like he was a very good coach, and it looked like they really didn't pay much attention to him. So we're going to see as he gets more of his guys. And you, you need, I think, to give a guy four years so his roster is entirely populated with his own recruits, not Tom Crean's guys, because Tom Crean's guys, they were different, and there's still a couple of them on the roster. But those were a uh, that was a different group of coconuts that Tom Crean brought into Bloomington. He didn't do a good job of recruiting the state of Indiana toward the end. And now that that Archie has got Indiana kids who played a lot of basketball growing up for a lot of really good coaches, I think they're going to get better. And I think we're going to be able to evaluate him a little bit more accurately this year. And then the following year, we're going to see exactly who he is and try to decide then with some you know, with, with some real hard evidence as to whether Fred Glass made the right hire in Archie Miller or not. Uh, lastly, do you think that the fans uh, believe in him? Ooh, that's a great question. You know what, and you brought it up in your, your initial kind of observations about Indiana. You've got two factions. You've got the guys who remember, and women, who remember Bob Knight, and you've got those who have come since. And those who have come since see Indiana through a different lens than the guys who are around in the 80s and the early 90s when Bob Knight had it rolling. And, and those Knight people, they want to see Indiana basketball being played in the way that Indiana basketball was played back then. They want to see motion offense. They want to see top, hard-nosed, man-to-man defense. And they, they evaluate Archie through that prism and uh, that's, I mean, Bob Knight's one of the best five coaches in the history of college basketball. Right. So, you know, comparing Archie to Knight, most guys are going to fail that test. Uh, we're going to find out with Archie. I don't think he's Bob Knight, but 
you know, I think he's a little bit better than he's been in years one and two. I just am glad uh, Bob Knight's moving back to Bloomington. That that was the best thing that's happened for me in, like, uh, honestly, like a year. Just when I heard, because he had, he had been so anti-Bloomington since he left. He, he became like, uh, he pulled out that George Patton stuff. Like, he's just not having it. And then he got all grumpy. You mentioned Indiana around him. He turns into Belichick or Patton, and the guy freaks out. I'm just glad he's mellowing at 78 and going back to Bloomington to fish and golf. Uh, I don't know if he still swings a golf club, but when I knew him and when I uh, was there and, and when I followed him, he could hit a golf ball 300 yards. Uh, I know he can't do that anymore, but I, I know he can still fish and hunt, so I just hope he doesn't shoot anybody uh, hunting in Bloomington. Uh, hey, listen, uh, Ken, I love you. Great stuff, as always. Uh, we'll be in touch. Thanks for coming on the bench. My pleasure, Scott. All right, uh, Ken Sterling. Uh, KenSterling.com. Check it out, 855-212-4CBS. You're listening to Pharrell on the Bench. 855-212-4227. I got to tell you about the Player of the Week brought to you by Granger. Let's take a look at the one who got it done this week. It's Dodgers shortstop Corey Seager, who currently has an eight-game hitting streak going where he has hit 500 with two home runs, two doubles, and a triple with seven RBIs helping him to lead the NL in RBIs in September. Corey Seager, the one who got it done. The Player of the Week was brought to you by Granger. Granger's got your back. When it comes to the safety and industrial supplies to keep your facility running, get what you need when you need it at Granger.com. Don't forget Spence Porter, Saturday, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific. Order now. It's going to be live on pay-per-view on Fox pay-per-view, also available on the Fox Sports app. I'm going to be in L.A. Thursday and Friday doing the show live from downtown La 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 Lipstick City. We'll be live on CBS Sports Radio on a bench and, of course, on Radio.com, the CBS Sports app, SiriusXM app, and Ask Alexa, play CBS Sports Radio. We'll be live in L.A. for Spence Porter Thursday and Friday this week. Carver High has been in full regalia, getting ready for the trip. I noticed, Carver High, you went and got a clean cut today. Yeah, I always have to make sure that before it's, travel, get rid of uh, a lot of the gray on the side before I head out. So Can't be seen in public unless you're uh, a, A-list. Correct. And um, so you got it cleaned up, and you're ready to go now. You're ready to go to L.A. Yeah, the shirts and ties are in the – pick those up tomorrow from the dry cleaner and – I got a report today from our insider, our mole at the uh, location, and it is uh, allegedly incredible. Really? Well, I heard that this this hotel is incredible. It looks like it, the couple pictures that I saw. So they're all saying rave reviews, the place is insane, that it's a really cool uh, spot. Nice. So at this point, have fun at that spot as much as possible. Roof deck bar, pool, boom, boom. That's Boom Boom Mancini right there. Then, and he might be there, by the way. He's doing it on Fox with uh, Kenny Albert, I'm guessing. So uh, we do that. We party there. And then you're going to see your friend. I got friends coming there, multiple friends coming there. And then um, and then we go to the fight. And then you fly home right after the fight. You just leave the Staples. Uh, going from Staples to LAX. Right to LAX from Staples. Right from, like, the Ritz or whatever. That's what we did last time. You just, uh, what's it called again? Uber? Yeah. U- Uber from the Ritz right to the LAX. Boom, get on your flight. No one's flying out of there Saturday night. Yeah, I'll be, I got to get out of there. I got something to do Sunday morning. And Which then is uh, watch the bills. Well, no, that's what I'm doing after I've got something to do. But I did have something. Sunday morning he has to go before. get beer and ice. And then 1 o'clock, Bill's Pat's. 
Yeah. So Sunday morning he has to go get beer and ice. So that's very important. I wish. I hope I'll be able to take, have enough time to take care of that. Very important that Carver High is ready to watch the Bills and Pats. Is that generally a upsetting day for you, the uh, Bills and Pats? Do you get angry that day, or is it? Is this the year? I mean, generally, it's not a game that you're looking forward to, no. But but this is the year they beat them, right there in uh, Orchard Park. Well, they've only beaten Brady twice in his career in Orchard Park. He has more wins at Orchard Park. He has more wins than any other quarterback in Orchard Park since he came into the league. Right. That's He's like Roethlisberger in Cleveland. He's got 15 wins at New Era Field, and the closest is like Bledsoe with like 11 or 12, and Tyrod Taylor with like 11 or 12. So explain to me one thing. So I'm watching these lunatics and the Bills Mafia, and they're jumping off these uh, cars and trucks and vans onto these tables. And um, we've seen it uh, many times. But I have to ask, like, how stupid do you have to be? Seriously. To, to literally jump, you know, 10, 15 feet in the air, down in the air, flying through the air, and then they land on their backs, literally. Isn't that for the most part they land on their backs? Yes. It's mostly their backs, not their f- stomachs. I mean, it depends on how drunk they are. Well, I mean, either or. I mean, from 15 feet in the air and to crash onto a table that, that breaks every time. They break every time. And then you smash onto cement. At what point do you think we're going to see someone finally get paralyzed doing it? Because it is really one of the dumbest moves I've ever seen. How dumb do you have to be to continuously jump off a cliff thinking that you're not going to have a, a bad result at some point or another? Yeah, they've been trying to crack down on it, obviously. What is like, How stupid on, but... is it? It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. It's not even funny. It's like you. I've seen some of these landings. They are so violent that I can't even believe they get up. I can't believe these people aren't, you know, dying or splitting their head open or, or breaking their back or their neck. Like, I don't understand it at all. It's a safe environment. They're just trying to. Just, <laughs> it's a safe environment. It's usually on grass. How does my they're ass They're not doing sound. it on a concrete parking lot. They got the grass lot over there that they're jumping. Okay, well, I'm watching ones with full-on cement. Okay, well, I'm in the cement the club. Some of them, they got the fire going, too. The, the oh, they jump little, into fire? We'll put a little fire There's another bright too. idea. Let's jump into a burning fire. See how we uh, fare. That place is going to be uh, lit. very lit up on Sunday morning. 3-0 Bills, 3-0 Patriots. I was doing a lot of uh, crunching the numbers Research. Today. Research. Actually, McDermott's defense the last two years has been pretty good against Brady. He's thrown more picks than touchdown passes against the Bills the last two years. The problem is the Bills' offense has been awful the last two years in those games. So... I think that their defense can cause him some problems on Sunday. I think that uh, Josh Allen, this is the first real test for this guy. I mean, big time. Big after, time, uh, yes. This is a big time moment for him because everything else has been leading up to this. This is it. We, we were led to believe that he's some kind of uh, badass, that he's got all this talent in him. And then people are like, well, he can't throw the ball. And then he can just run it. He's got onions. So now let's see if he can, in a big moment, it, this is it. Can he finally yes, step up is, and throw for 300 yards and two touchdowns This at least. is the first big moment of his career. There's no question about it. I mean, he won some games at the end of last year, but that didn't mean anything. He's off to the 3-0 and start. He's played well, aside from a couple of yips. But now this is it. I mean, you got a big spot where a lot of people 
are going to be taking notice of you if you can get it done on Sunday. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Pharrell on the Bench. All right, uh, com. always striving to be the best, always improving, giving you more. PharrellOnTheBench.com, the site is the best. It's getting even better. Where do you see what we're doing to it in October? By mid-October, you're going to freak when you see it. It's going to be better than ever. Better picks, better choices, better prices. Every sport, every day, every play. PharrellOnTheBench.com, it's F-E-R-R-A-L-L. PharrellOnTheBench.com, sign up today, hide the money from your wife. Listen to the show, people calling in left and right. Pharrell, your picks kill, you make me all kinds of money. Pharrell, you pay my mortgage. Pharrell, I love you. Pharrell, make love to me. All these things are happening. Uh, Carver High and I are going to L.A. Uh, Thursday, so we're leaving tomorrow night after the show. When we go on a Thursday, we leave uh, after the show on Wednesday night at like 4 in the morning, and then we get on a 6 a.m. or on that big old jet airliner. Nothing is finer. Carver High's been trying to get me to get uh, new self-help books to work on my uh, life repertoire, always reading uh, self-help books to try to improve myself and better myself. I talked to that John Gordon guy. He told me to read this book, that book, to you know make life better for me and everyone around me. Well, before I read you know, Penthouse on the flight, and that didn't seem to do anything for me in terms of helping my life at all, but I did get some tricks in the bedroom. The was, well, I mean, the bedroom moves I, I learned were pretty impressive when you think about it. Very insightful letters to the editor there. By the way, I'm on uh, episode seven, Mafia, uh, halfway through number seven of The Boys. There's only one left. That's a, nice. cra- that's a awesome crazy show. show. I love that one. I- I'm kind of upset that it was only eight episodes, and they've already been filming season two, so I hope that comes out like early next year instead of making us wait till like summer or something. It's a great show. It's awesome. It's, you, know, you, all- you have all this superhero stuff going on forever that this one is where they're not perfect and they're kind of, you know, the jerks. Kind of the scum of society, but everyone thinks they're great. You know, but behind closed doors, it's not what it seems. So it's awesome to see. I like that twist. Yeah, it's really uh, freaky. I thought it was really good. And it's violent. I just thought it was fantastic. The amount of really uh, blood, guts, and gore, thank you, of just chaos, right, on that show. Like, everything is least, ex- you know, when you least expect it. You right. just you don't see it coming. By the way, Sunday, it's an NFL and CBS doubleheader with a full day of games, including the Bills defending their home turf against the Pats, followed by the Vikings and Bears at Soldier Field in a key NFC North battle. It all begins with our team previewing the day's games on the NFL today at noon Eastern on CBS. So there you go. Uh, Anyway, I I wanted to uh, tell you about these uh, spreads that I'm seeing. For the NFL on Sunday. So, oh, Thursday, you got Philly Green Bay. That line is four and a half. Uh, I saw it even earlier uh, t- tonight at five. It's still four and a half here where I'm getting it in Vegas. And then Sunday, Houston uh, minus four and a half. Mafia, did you get that on there? Because I thought I saw it on, uh, on like ESPN at five. It's four and a half in Vegas. You can still get it at. Baltimore, Cleveland, Baltimore laying seven there. Giants laying three to the Redskins. Chargers laying 16 and a hook to Miami at Hard Rock. Indy laying seven to the Raiders. Detroit laying 
are uh, getting six and a half from Kansas City. Buffalo getting seven at home from the Pats. Atlanta laying four to the Titans in uh, Mercedes, hot town. Atlanta, yang, 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 yang. Rams laying 10 to Tampa, 10 now at the Coliseum. Seattle's laying five to, by the time I get to racially profiled Arizona. There you go. And then uh, Chicago laying two and a half to the Vikings at Soldier Field, coming off their win Monday night. Quick turnaround, play Sunday. Uh, They hate those um, Monday night, Thursday night games, these players. And the Jags are in Denver. Denver laying three. They're 0-3, laying three. And then on Sunday night, Dallas laying two and a half to the Rams. I got it at three when it came out, right? And then uh, Pittsburgh on Monday night laying four to the Bengals at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh. So... Any of those stand out to you there, Carver High? Any of those games uh, in particular stand out to you? Like the Bills line? I know you don't like betting on your team uh, when they have a big game or like any game for that matter. You don't bet on the Bills, do you? No, I never get involved. Uh, you just fanned them. Yeah, it's too much emotion. There's just too much emotion involved in me. Uh, I'm not going to look at it clearly. So that's when you're gambling something like that, you can't let emotion get too far involved, and that happens with me when it comes to the Bills. So you bet every other game. There's not every game on the card, but if there's games that I like, then absolutely I'm going to get involved. Do you like the Saints' chances against the Cowboys Sunday night? I do like the Saints' chances. I think that they're going to absolutely be in the game. I think that game's going down to the end. Think the Saints can win? I do. I do too. The Broncos are home uh, laying three to the Jags. you think Denver can finally win a game or no? I like the Jags on Sunday. The Bears and Vikings, uh, I see right here on uh, ESPN, they got it. Bears minus two. That's even better, Mafia. Laying two with the Bears than two and a half. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting game because both those are just such strong defenses and the offenses haven't really clicked at full speed. I mean, you've heard, you've seen some good plays with Thielen and Diggs for Minnesota, but they're really going just cook, just pounding the ball as much as they can. So they're not, you know, running up the score like people thought they might with Cousins thinking he's going to sling the ball over the, the field. So that one's going to be a sloppy game. I think that's going to be, you know, in the trenches, war just coming back and forth with each other, a lot of punts, and eventually someone's going to score. But I don't think it's going to be high scoring. That might be a good under game. Here's another one. Uh, Texans minus four, and I had it at four and a half. It's minus four here it's against the Panthers. Line. It's a strange line. They're begging you to take the Texans. I don't like the line. I think the Texans would win the game. Normally, I you know, it just screams to jump all over Houston. They're the better team, a much better team. Back-to-back weeks on the road for Carolina. The kid, uh, Allen, playing quarterback. Something ain't right there. Just not right. Wow. They should be favored by more than four and a half or four, whatever it is. What about the Giants with uh, Danny Dimes laying three to the woeful Redskins in New York at MetLife? That seems really low, especially given the fact that Keenum can't seem to get the ball to his own team. Having five turnovers in one game to only be down a field goal on the road, that seems fishy to me. I I think both teams suck, so uh, I I think it's just about there. I know that he had a great uh, game last week, but it's one game, and you need to see him do it again before you – 
really invest heavily, especially moving the line that much just off of one game against Tampa last week. Uh, I had the six and a half. I loved it. The Lions are getting six and a half from the Chiefs. Can they hang with uh, Mahomes? They've hung with everybody else, right? Yeah. They've hung with everybody. Chargers came into their building two weeks ago. Chargers and Chiefs supposed to be, you know, two of the better teams in the AFC. Right. Philly. They they play well against these teams at home. So maybe they can be. But now you're also talking you're bringing the Chiefs indoors on a fast track. Man, you know. They, That's going to be a you, wild game. You know how that that has a chance to be a really Do you like the over there at 54? It's a big over. I don't actually. I feel like the Lion D has played well the last couple weeks. What about that Monday night game in Pittsburgh, the Bengals and Steelers? The Steelers are laying four, and they're winless, and uh, so are the Bengals. I think the Bengals have gotten progressively worse, although, uh, you know, they were they were in their first game, and then they were in the Bills game. They came back and had the lead. Yeah, I like the Steelers here. I'm going to lay the four. I'd lay even more than that. I think the Steelers take out. Finally. They take out an 0-3 start on the Bengals. This Monday night. I just see it going that way. Bengals suck. They're they're one of the two or three worst teams in the league. Wow. So uh, That one seems iffy to me. I feel like that could land right on the line. I mean, there's some houses that even have it at four and a hook. Like If you get that hook, I might be inclined to take Cincinnati to, to match them and just stay within that four points. So I guess the, one of the questions is, can Kirk Cousins win in Chicago? I mean, because uh, I, I think the Bears' defense is going to mess with him. I really do, I, and I love Dalvin Cook, and I just – there's something about that Bears defense. It's for real, and they're playing at home. And that guy, I told you, at, at U.S. Bank, he's great. I mean, he really is good at home. And on the road, they've looked, you know, really average. Are you willing to uh, agree with that, or do you think that the Vikings can go in there and beat them? Well, I think just average just describes Kirk Cousins' whole career. I mean, the guy's always average. It's what he's been. He puts up great stats, doesn't get the big wins, throws it away. You know, doesn't take the smart play, takes the risky one and pays for it. But then again, do you have so much faith in Trubisky against that Vikings defense either? I mean, they finally got going against the Redskins, but their offense has been horrible all year. I think that uh, Trubisky looked great last night, all things being equal to Gabriel three times. You cannot deny that he looked good last night. Last night he looked like, for the first time, Carver High, like a guy that won 12 games last year. Now, grant you, a lot of those wins were because of the defense. Yeah, he got it going a lot uh, with Gabriel, especially last night. I thought they moved the ball pretty good. Redskins, as we know, not great. Terrible. He's going to get more of a challenge against the Vikings on Sunday, but I think the Bear D – they will eat Cousins alive at their place. Being in Chicago, I like the Bears a lot on Sunday. Did you see uh, the Falcons game when uh, Jones uh, caught that touchdown pass and took it away from two defenders in the corner of the end zone? He's so strong and big, and he got that ball. Do you think that uh, Matt Ryan and Jones hook up and they finally look good in a game against the Titans and win at home, or are they just uh, just going to keep losing and get their coach fired? Remember what I always say about the Titans. They win the games that you don't think they're going to win. They lose the games that you think they are going so to win. So you think they're winning this game? I think the Titans might win on Sunday. In whoa, 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 whoa. What do you think, Mafia? I think Mariota's got Tannehill breathing right down his neck right now, so he better have a good performance. Otherwise, he could lose his job by midseason. That's a very good point as well. 855-212-4227. Don't forget, you can listen to the show always, all four hours on radio.com. 
no preemptions. The CBS Sports app, no preemptions. The SiriusXM app, no preemptions. And Ask Alexa, play CBS Sports Radio. They all work, and I'm never preempted. Why not listen there? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.